Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. My name's Ryan. I'm here today with Jenny, and today we are walking through Leviticus uh, 19 to 21. Uh, we get a lot of kind of rules about how to treat your neighbors. We get kind of a rehash of Leviticus 18 with sexual purity. And then chapter 21 is going to talk a little bit about how the priests are holy before the Lord. Uh, one of the things that we will continue to see throughout Leviticus is this command, be holy as I am holy. And it just reminds the Israelites of this idea that they are a kingdom of priests they have a, a mission to represent the Lord to the people that they're going to come in contact with. And because of that, they need to be holy just as God is holy. I think that's a very valuable concept for us today, uh, because as we are interacting with people that don't know Jesus, we want to represent Jesus. It's the same idea. So we should be like Jesus when we interact with people who don't know Jesus, just like the Israelites need to be holy like God is holy. So as we looked over these chapters, Jenny, uh, I know you were... Not quite sure which way you wanted to go. So what do you want to talk about today? Some cool themes that I keep seeing popping up again. I think I talked about this yesterday's episode or two days ago. But the idea of after God gives Moses these commands of what he wants the people to know about holiness is that he always repeats, I am the Lord or I am the Lord your God. And to me, that really seems like a stamp that God just puts on things that he expects for his people to say, hey, I'm not messing around. Like, I am the Lord your God. This is the expectation. So again, I just, I really appreciate that because it feels like there's no wiggle room. Like, this is the law. This is the statute. Stick with it because I am God, period. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate that. I also had a question um, concerning sojourners. This is like... Anybody that kind of lumps themselves in with the Israelite people, regardless yep. of Jewish background or not, correct? Yep. Which is really cool because we keep hearing about sojourners over and over again. And in my mind, when I would think about the Old Testament and the stories of moving into the promised land, I often thought of it as just like this super exclusive, very nobody else group. And it's actually not. So we keep seeing this idea of sojourners all the time. Uh, I know when we were in college, uh, that was like a, a big word. Like we were referred to as sojourners often. Um, do you remember that? No. You don't? <laughs> no, not at all. What? <laughs> I remember that all the time. Maybe I was like much more into our... You later. I think that's a real thing. No joke. Uh, but I just remember hearing this word all the time. But it's actually really cool, I think, as they're also taking into consideration all these rules and regulations. Like it doesn't just apply to this Jewish group of people. It's also others that are, I guess, being attracted by the power of God through this specific group of people. So that's really cool. And finally, something else that stuck out in chapter 19, there are these rules, statutes about how they should, I suppose, harvest or take care of their vineyards. There's very specific rules for what they're allowed to glean and what they're not. Yeah, so this is under the, under the, yeah, under the section considered loving your neighbor as yourself. And something that popped out to me was in chapter 19, verse 10, it says, 
As you gather from your vineyard, you shall leave food for the poor and for the sojourner. And this to me was like, wait a minute, that sounds like something I know already. Uh Because it reminded me of the book of Ruth, where we see Boaz, like we were talking earlier, Boaz actually keeping this command Mm -hmm. and taking care of Ruth in this really cool way. So the book of Ruth is going to combine a lot of these themes. And today we're studying Leviticus, not necessarily the book of Ruth. But what's interesting is when we get to the book of Ruth, we are introduced to Boaz, who is a man who honors the Lord and Mm -hmm. decides to be holy as God is holy. Kind of the whole theme of Judges, Ruth occurs within the context of Judges. The whole theme is that everybody just does whatever they want. There's not very many holy people in the land at that time. Mm -hmm. But Boaz is committed to living as the Lord wants him to live. And so Boaz does not um, reap all of the harvest. He leaves some of it out there for the poor, the needy, the sojourner. Um, Ruth comes in with Naomi, her mother-in-law. They are sojourners. They are actually, like Ruth herself is a Moabite. Um, They are foreigners to some degree, and they need help. And so Boaz is following the law of Leviticus. Boaz is putting Leviticus, Leviticus 19 into practice. And because of Boaz's faithfulness, actually, but one of Boaz's descendants becomes Jesus. So because Boaz is following the law of the Lord, the Lord is preserving his people through his decisions to be obedient to the law. So it's very easy. We I feel like we're a broken record at this point, but <laughs> it's very easy to think of God as legalistic and frustrating and judgmental. You will not believe that if you read the whole Old Testament, because we see Boaz doing what God has called him to do and caring in a significant way for people who don't have the means to care for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that That's a very 2023 concept. You will see people far from the Lord demanding that people care for, you know, widows, orphans, sojourners, all these things. They want what the Lord wants. They're just trying to create some kind of system outside of God's law. That's always going to fall short. When we are committed to God's law, when we are committed to living the way that God has called us to live, we will honor him and we will be holy as he is holy. So that is what's really interesting. Actually, for extra credit, I know for for many, many years, I believed that Jesus like brought this new Testament commandment, this whole new concept that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. When Jesus says we should love our neighbors as ourselves, he's just quoting Leviticus 19. It says, you have heard that it was said. So what Jesus is doing in Matthew 5 is he's correcting all the ways that the Old Testament has been used to manipulate people in a negative way. So people in in Jesus' time were saying, no, we don't need to do that because we don't have to care for people that way. And Jesus is like, nope, you need to remember what God actually said. So Jesus actually quotes Leviticus 19 in the Sermon on the Mount. And he just quotes exactly what God has already said because he is in fact God and he's just repeating himself. (laughs) I felt kind of cool for just a moment because I knew that from Bible quizzing and Ryan didn't. So Bible quizzing back when I was like 12 and 13, 14 years old. Oh boy. (laughs) Um, There are in, in these chapters, some interesting things that we had questions about. I think it's really important that just as individuals, you dig into these passages and determine like, what does the Lord command? The one that I hear oftentimes is like, well, you know, you probably wear clothing that is made of different types. Does that mean you don't love God? Uh, because it says here in Leviticus 19, uh, you shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. Um, this is a law that God made 
to keep the people from wearing garments that looked like the priestly garments. If you remember when we were reading earlier, there's always like fine twine linen and wool and like the, the priestly garments are mixed, uh, mixed material garments. So God doesn't want the people to start. To- as we were reading chapter 21, something really stuck out to me as far as the holiness of the priest, the expectations of them. There's a whole section between verses 16 and the end of the chapter, verse 24, where it speaks about the different, I guess, the different like physical deformities and things that are not permitted of priests. And while I was listening to it, it just felt really like almost heartless and it just didn't sit very well. Uh, So God calls out specifically in Leviticus 21 requirements for priests. And basically what he's going to require is that priests need to be without blemish or defect, particularly the high priest needs to be without blemish or defect. And you can read it. A modern reader for sure would read it like we have tonight and just Mm -hmm. feel like, what? Like this just seems very rude. Um, and unsettling. I would say there's there's two really important parts to it. The first one is actually just functional, tangible parts. So if you remember all the requirements for the high priest, you have to follow a very strict code or you get put, like you just die before God. Remember Nadab and Abihu mm-hmm. just mixed up the wrong fire and God killed them. And so one of the, one of the functions of the requirements in Leviticus 21 is like, you can't have a blind high priest because he's not going to be able to see where to go. Nobody can go in there with him. What was your example? You said, remember the bells, right? Yeah, they had to, they had to have bells on the bottom of the garments so that people would know where they were and they wouldn't touch them and they wouldn't defile them by accident. And so a lot of this is actually very tangible, very functional. God doesn't want people to come before him and die and be judged because mm-hmm. he's holy and they did something wrong. So you think about... Uh, a blind person who can't see where they're going. Um, one of the things you brought up was a was a dwarf is lift, listed. Like they wouldn't actually be able to reach the altar, mm-hmm. and so it's not necessarily judgmental as much as it is like, hey, this well, is very think, serious, and we don't need to be judged wrongfully. Think of the graciousness that is too, because just sending someone in there like that would more than likely result in death. In their death, yes. So now you can add to it, there is very clearly another requirement that is you need to be blameless before the Mm -hmm. Lord. Like when when God requires a sacrifice, he wants it to be without blemish. And so this is not God saying that you you must be a perfect person. You must look exactly the way I like you to look. This is God looking out for the priests with compassion, but also recognizing that God wants things that are holy and blameless before him in his service. And so the priests are required to be the same way. And so there is this clear code of ethics and um, appearance that the priests have to follow. And I think it is actually God's gracious and compassionate nature that requires that, not his rude, (laughs) judgmental... Well, and my mind automatically thinks about those specific deformities, those things, as separating them from just God in general, but it's not. It's just separating them from being able to serve as a priest, period. The high priest. There's right. like one dude mm-hmm. in the whole nation. So that that is helpful to think about too, because it automatic like immediately I was like, oh my gosh, like God doesn't care about them. No, it's just that they can't serve in that role because of like he's gracious enough to require that they are able to, you know, see and not 
run into like that would be terrible like he's actually caring and loving enough to say no it needs to be this mm-hmm. so i think a year part for today is definitely applicable when we look at chapter 19 verse 10 where we were talking about the requirements that the lord has to take care of the poor and the sojourners we talked a little bit about how we will see that coming up in the book of ruth and i think that really applies to us today just remembering to watch out for the people around us that that have needs that we can help with the excess of what we have Yeah, I mean, right in Leviticus 19, it talks about, like, you are not allowed to harvest every row of your field. You have to keep the outside edges standing. You are not allowed to pick every single one of your grapes. You have to leave some of the grapes on the vine. That is God's heart for people who don't have enough. Mm -hmm. Like, God wants to see people who don't have enough to be cared for. I don't think that heart has changed. It's not like God gave us Jesus and now he doesn't care about poor people. (laughs) Like God deeply cares for poor people. And a lot of times the church can lose sight of that because we get really caught up in like all the cool stuff we want in our church building or we caught up in all the cool new campuses we want or the cool new merch that we need. But really like God is still having a deep heart and a deep concern for people who don't have the means to care for themselves. You Mm -hmm. see him calling out widows, orphans, sojourners. And so you might not have a vineyard, you might not have a field, but the concept I think stays today that we need to figure out ways to care for people who can't care for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that is a mandate that's on the church. Uh, A lot of times we, we want government to do that, or we want somebody else to do that, or we want some organization to do that. That is a mandate that God has put on his people to care for people who cannot care for themselves. We have to take that very seriously. We have to actually respond to that. So I think that is a good reminder and a good invitation to find ways to care for people who cannot care for themselves and actually take tangible actions with it. Something that we love to do, and it's it's super simple for us, but I think a lot of us could probably do the same. Uh, But we have my grandfather come over to our house weekly. Um, My grandmother passed away a couple years ago. I think it's like three years at this point, which is crazy. Um, but he, he doesn't cook. He doesn't make meals himself. That was something that my grandmother always did for him. Um, and I would say that has definitely been just a real positive for him, uh, because he does feel loved and cared for in a way that he's not super great at taking care of himself for. Um, so just like super easy, tangible way of doing these things. That's just how our family does it in one way. So, so we encourage you to think of ways that you can do the same thing. Uh, a way to show God's love from Leviticus 19. Who would have thought? <laughs> so we'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's plan, your part. Also, we are a listener supported podcast. So if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now here's the reading for today. Leviticus chapter 19. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make yourselves any gods of cast metal. I am the Lord your God. When you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. 
It shall be eaten the same day you offer it, or the day after, and anything left over the third day shall be burned up with fire. If it is eaten at all on the third day, it is tainted. It will not be accepted. And everyone who eats it shall bear his iniquity, because he has profaned that the Lord is holy. If it is eaten at all on the third day, it is tainted. It will not be accepted. And everyone who eats it shall bear his iniquity, because he has profaned what is holy to the Lord. And that person shall be cut off from his people. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather its gleanings after your harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired worker shall not remain with you all night until the morning. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You shall keep my statutes. You shall not let your cattle breed with a different kind. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of the two kinds of material. If a man lies sexually with a woman who is a slave assigned to another man, and not yet ransomed or given her freedom, a distinction shall be made. They shall not be put to death because she was not free, but he shall bring his compensation to the Lord, to the entrance of the tent of meeting, a ram for a guilt offering. And the priest shall make atonement for him with the ram of the guilt offering before the Lord for his sin that has, he has committed, and he shall be forgiven for the sin that he has committed. When you come into the land and plant any kind of tree for food, then you shall regard its fruit as forbidden. Three years it shall be forbidden to you. It must not be eaten. And in the fourth year all of its fruit shall be holy, an offering of praise to the Lord. But in the fifth year you may eat of its fruit to increase its yield for you. I am the Lord your God. You shall not eat any flesh with the blood in it. You shall not interpret omens or tell fortunes. You shall not round off the hair on your temples or mar the edges of your beard. You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead, or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. Do not profane your daughter by making her a prostitute, lest the land fall into prostitution and the land become full of depravity. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out, and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. You shall do no wrong in judgment, in measures of length or weight or quantity. 
You shall have just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hin. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And you shall observe all my statutes and all my rules and do them. I am the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the people of Israel, Any one of the people of Israel or the strangers who sojourn in Israel, who gives any of his children to Molech, shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I myself will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people, because he has given one of his children to Molech, to make my sanctuary unclean and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do at all close their eyes to that man when he gives one of his children to Molech, and do not put him to death, then I will set my face against that man and against his clan and will cut them off from among their people, him and all who follow in him whoring after Molech. If a person turns to mediums and necromancers, whoring after them, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father and mother. His blood is upon him. If a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall be surely put to death. If a man lies with his father's wife, he has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed perversion. Their blood is upon them. If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man lies with a woman and her mother also, it is depravity. He and they shall be burned with fire, that there may be no depravity among you. If a man lies with an animal, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall kill the animal. If a woman approaches any animal and lies with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man takes his sister, a daughter of his father or a daughter of his mother, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a disgrace, and they shall be cut off in the sight of the children of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness, and he shall bear his iniquity. If a man lies with a woman during her menstrual period and uncovers her nakedness, he has made naked her fountain, and he has uncovered the fountain of her blood. Both of them shall be cut off from among their people. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister or of your father's sister, for that is to make naked one's relative. They shall bear their iniquity. If a man lies with his uncle's wife, he has uncovered his uncle's nakedness. They shall bear their sin. They shall die childless. If a man takes his brother's wife, it is impurity. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. You shall therefore... Keep all my statutes and all my rules and do them, that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. And you shall not walk in the customs of the nation that I am driving out before you, for they did all these things, and therefore I detested them. But I have said to you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has separated you from the peoples. 
You shall therefore separate the clean beast from the unclean, and the unclean bird from the clean. You shall not make yourselves detestable by beast, or by bird, or by anything with which the ground crawls, which I have set apart for you to hold unclean. You shall be holy to me, for I am the Lord, and I am holy, and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. A man or a woman who is a medium or a necromancer shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, No one shall make himself unclean for the dead among his people, except for his closest relatives, his mother, his father, his son, his daughter, his brother, or his virgin sister, who is near to him because she has had no husband. For her he may make himself unclean. He shall not make himself unclean as a husband among his people, and so profane himself. They shall not make bald patches on their heads, nor shave off the edges of their beards, nor make any cuts on their body. They shall be holy to their God, and not profane the name of their God. For they offer the Lord's food offerings, the bread of their God. Therefore they shall be holy. They shall not marry a prostitute or a woman who has been defiled. Neither shall they marry a woman divorced from her husband, for the priest is holy to his God. You shall sanctify him, for he offers the bread of your God. He shall be holy to you, for I, the Lord, who sanctified you, am holy. And the daughter of any priest, if she profanes herself by whoring, profanes her father. She shall be burned with fire. The priest who is chief among his brothers, on whose head the anointing oil is poured, and who has been consecrated to wear the garments, shall not let the hair of his head hang loose, nor tear his clothes. He shall not go to any dead bodies, nor make himself unclean, even for his father or for his mother. He shall not go out of the sanctuary, lest he profane the sanctuary of his God, for the consecration of the anointing oil of his God is on him. I am the Lord. And he shall take a wife in her virginity, a widow or a divorced woman, or a woman who has been defiled or a prostitute, these he shall not marry. But he shall take as his wife a virgin of his own people, that he may not profane his offspring among his people, for I am the Lord who sanctifies him. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, saying, None of your offspring throughout their generations who has a blemish may approach to offer the bread of his God. For no one who has a blemish shall draw near, a man blind or lame, or one who has a mutilated face or a limb too long, or a man who has an injured foot or an injured hand, or a hunchback or a dwarf or a man with a defect in his sight or an itching disease or scabs or crushed testicles. No man of the offspring of Aaron the priest who has a blemish shall come near to offer the Lord's food offerings, since he has a blemish. He shall not come near to offer the bread of his God. He may eat the bread of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy things, but he shall not go through the veil or approach the altar, because he has a blemish, that he may not profane my sanctuaries, for I am the Lord who sanctifies them. So Moses spoke to Aaron and to his sons and to all the people of Israel. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.